We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joe Pizzopia, and this is the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I am your host, and with me, my tag team partner, as always, every Friday, we are hitting pay lines and breaking hearts, me and John McKechnie. Johnny M., what's happening, my brother? Hey, this is actually, you know, a Friday where I'm coming off a Ravens victory, kind of riding high, 40 to nothing last night. I, I'm still not totally sure that's real, but... uh Pretty happy about it. Yes. I mean, Joe Flacco is, is not sure what happened either. I'm pretty <laughs> positive he has zero idea what's going on. But, yes, congratulations on the big giant shutout. And you got to see Ryan Mallett play quarterback. That's always a bonus, right, John? Always good. Yeah, I'm a big Ryan Mallett guy dating back to his days uh, back at Arkansas. So, yeah, it's always a treat to see him play. Who isn't a big Ryan Mallett guy? I mean, come on. Everybody is. All right, so your hot take. Hot uh, hot take on Kiko Alonso. Dirty hit, late slide. What, what do you say? All right, you know, f- full disclaimer. Uh, you know, this is going to sound like a biased answer, but, um, yeah, you watch that play and you watch it in real speed. Everyone else was kind of slowing up, and then he just kind of, like, he sees Flacco and he just really – takes off and goes after him so I I thought that there was it was a little bit extra I don't think it was like overly malicious but um there there is you know he wanted to hit the crap out of Joe Flacco on that one and he knew he had a free shot to do it so uh I'm not surprised that he did it Uh, I thought it was a little bit dirty yeah I gotta say dude I, I gotta I think what you said was very important because the idea is watching it in real time. I don't like when you slow down these hits and things like that. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Was it a dirty hit? You know, when you slow things down, things look very different than at real game speed. At real game speed, I kind of agree with you. I don't know if he was trying to uh, – he was definitely trying to get a lick on him. You know yes. what I mean? He was definitely trying to – did he do it with the shoulder? Yeah, he did, but he was trying to get a lick on him, and Flacco was clearly being Joe Flacco, which means – 
everything he does is a step behind. A little gawky. Right, a little gawky, a little awkward. Probably should have slid <laughs> a little bit earlier. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, it's a big Ravens victory. And uh, Jay Cutler, of course, uh, looking longingly on the sidelines. <laughs> just having some Marlboro Reds and just, well, yeah. As only caring. Jay Cutler can stare. I always call him the guy on the before picture of the sinus commercial where he's all <laughs> stuffy. That's what I that's what I refer to Jay Cutler as. He's the guy that, you know, are you stuffy and you can't breathe and he's just in the corner just miserable like the pre-flu? <laughs> and then he takes some DayQuil and he feels so much better. By the way, this podcast is brought to you by DayQuil. So if you want to uh, – <laughs> or if DayQuil wants to be a sponsor, come on, we're, we're hey. here. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're taking. I love the all. green death though. The green death Nyquil. That's the stuff, man. You're not feeling good. You take that stuff. You wake up three days later, and things are good. Well, Had things some were crazy. Dreams on the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of the fun, right? <laughs> the exactly. ride you get. Well, we crushed it. Not you know, not to toot our own horns, but we crushed it last Friday. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, Kenny Stills was just brilliant. I mean, I thought he would go at least two times value. I didn't expect four or five, <laughs> but uh, still, nonetheless, it was a great week from him. Dak Prescott was tremendous. Oh. Uh, um, yeah. We talked about him at length on the podcast, too, as the cash game guy you wanted. Uh, Zeke, look, everybody knew Zeke was going to be good, so no one's going to take credit for that. But McCoy will take credit for, we'll take credit for Stills, we'll take credit for um, anything good that happened and anything bad that happened. Uh, you know, Definitely just, not us. <laughs> right, it's some other podcast for sure. Uh, but no, honestly, we, we really, it was a good week for us. We want to keep it rolling because that's what we do here at the pod. So let's start with quarterback. You got Brady top of the board, 9,400. You got Dak. Uh, on the road in Washington, in-division matchup. Then you got Breeze at home, 8,500 against the Bears, who are chippy. Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz. I'm going to stop there with that group. That's the 7,900 and above club. Now, cash game-wise, Prescott, I, I think, will continue to be a valuable guy. He's been very undervalued. I have a hard time justifying Tom Brady when you got Carson Wentz sitting there at 7,900. And I know the ownership's going to be high. But against San Fran, and considering the running game is still non-existent over there in Philadelphia, in my opinion, I think Wentz is probably the safest cash game quarterback out there this week. Yeah, I think I think you covered that perfectly because Wentz not only is he easy is he priced uh, at a point where uh, everyone's going to be on him, but you know we always talk about sometimes the chalk is the chalk for the reason, and I, I think that uh, in a case where he's home uh, going against the 49ers, who were just absolutely lit up by the um by the Cowboys offense I think that uh you know Wentz yeah like you said probably the safest and then you know when you look up the board like 1500 more for Tom Brady against a Chargers pass rush that I think uh is among the best in the league uh, Bosa and Ingram coming off the edge is uh, a terrifying proposition for for any offensive line uh, particularly kind of a middling one where uh, where Brady's also kind of not getting rid of the ball as quickly as he has in years past so um, you know, I'm, I'd be worried about uh, 9,400 Brady hitting value there. I do like Prescott a fair bit. I think you also brought up a good point that the Bears, uh, you know, you got to kind of check where the reality and the perception is with some teams. I think everyone expected the Bears to really stink this year on both sides of the ball, but their defense uh, tends to show up every single week here. So uh, Breeze isn't as obvious as a pick as like this would have been if we were looking at the schedule back in September. Yeah, I think he's almost a, a trap. You know, that, that's, that's the way I'm looking at it. Now, the, the other two names I want to talk about before we move on from cash is Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. Now, here's a real test for Watson going on the road in Seattle. He's been absolutely just stellar. Um, he's putting up 20-plus, you know, most every week. And you got Russell Wilson, who has played well despite the lack of offensive line play. 
And I wonder if you want to have a non-Wentz lineup here, if you want to go with one of these two, do you take the chance with Deshaun Watson, who's been great in the tough matchup, or do you take the home guy in Russell Wilson, who might be a little bit safer, but maybe not quite the upside? Right. I think you have that measured out correctly as well there. With Watson, this is going to be kind of a – a baptism by fire a little bit, you know, being on the road uh, against kind of one of the more vaunted uh, secondaries and pass rushes in the entire NFL. Uh, but one thing that uh, people should have learned by now is to never doubt Deshaun Watson when, when there's a perceived uh, disadvantage for his team, you know, going into going against Alabama back in his college days, uh, you know, he tends to rise to the occasion. So I don't think there's going to be a huge drop off in his production uh, on Sunday. And I think that, the ownership's going to be low on him. I, I agree with you where Wilson is safer, but I don't think that this is like the like the fire and brimstone. This is where it all comes crashing down for Deshaun Watson type of game. I think he's going to be able to to put up uh, respectable numbers. I I still probably have a hard time like uh, feeling good about him if I was just entering one lineup. Um, but I, I would probably pick him over over Wilson just uh, to kind of separate myself from the field a little bit. Yeah, see, I kind of agree. I think you take the chance there, uh, ownership, and you hope that maybe you get the big game from Watson. You know, uh, on the plus side for Wilson is the running game is still a disaster there as well. But it's a very tricky spot. It's a tough building to play. And I think we're going to really see what Deshaun Watson's made of this week. And I've been saying it all along. People are going to make adjustments. Let's see how he adjusts back. That's going to be very telling in the second half because we saw Wentz last year get off to a pretty good start. And then, you know, not a great second half for him. And this year's come back with a vengeance. Let's talk about some of the – Tournament plays, Andy Dalton's going to be highly owned. I mean, he's going to be so highly owned that uh, the red hair might turn white. It's very possible from all the chalk on him. (laughs) I'm afraid of this, though. Yes, me too. And not just because he's a ginger, which is obviously reason enough because he has no soul and I should be afraid of him already. Precisely. But because Andy Dalton is at home against Indianapolis, if 2017 has taught us something – it's that everything that looks like the perfect thing is always going to be a complete disaster. And that Indianapolis defense got absolutely embarrassed last week. And those defenses, when they get embarrassed, we've seen it time and time again, even bad defenses, they get a whooping during practice for the week. And they right. turn around and they tend to show up a little bit. I think Andy Dalton is going to be a huge disappointment this week. What say you? Yeah, really, it boils down to um, does Indianapolis's bad defense uh, really sort of is it so bad to where you can still justify using Andy Dalton? I mean, if you watch that uh, his last game against the uh, against the Steelers, um, it, I don't know if it's just the the offensive coordinator uh, still you know messing up. Or, or if it's just Dalton, but he looked completely lost. Although he does tend to kind of do that against the Steelers in general. Um, but still, uh, this is an Indianapolis defense that um, uh, lost its star rookie Malik Hooker. I think he tore his ACL and his MCL, so that that thins out the secondary a little bit. So I, I don't I don't go with like the disaster uh, type route, but I do think that um, there's another quarterback in this price range that I that I like a little bit better, um, and that's Tyrod Taylor. Um, going against Oakland at home, mm-hmm. um, Oakland really bad at, on, in both facets of, of the of defense. You know, uh, either run or pass. I think Tyrod is a is a consistent producer. Um, really, the only question um, that I have is is who's he throwing it to? Right. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, Jordan Matthews starting to ramp up a little bit. Uh, Deontay Thompson uh, certainly a good start to his Bills career last week. He's more of a 
uh, deep threat kind of guy. But still, hey, that's all fine. You'll see the one play. You know, give me Deshaun Jackson. Give me those kind of guys like Ted Ginn. Sure. All of a sudden, one big play turns into a huge week. Um, I agree with you on Tyrod Taylor. Oakland, not a good defensive team. I don't care what the personnel is. I also um, want to reiterate uh, hashtag gingers have no souls. Let's also talk about Phillip Rivers and Josh McCown. So you want to go maybe contrarian. Phillip Rivers, intriguing play at 75. I think he's a lock to go two times value in this game against the Pats. High towers out. I would expect with that injury, maybe a little bit more over in the middle. So maybe some work from the slot. And also some work from uh, Hunter Henry in the tight end position. So keep that in mind. And Josh McCown's the last one I'm going to highlight here on the quarterback because Atlanta, also not a good football team. Sorry, nope. they're just not. Uh, they have lots of holes, lots of issues. And I think that they're mentally starting to wear, which is the same thing that happened yeah, to the it's Panthers. It's a classic Atlanta thing to do. Yeah, and it's a classic Super Bowl hangover thing. I mean, mm-hmm. look at last year's Carolina team, a complete hangover there. Uh, but there's a spot with McCown where it's 7,300, another two times value guy. All right, let's go to the running back. Stop of the board, Le'Veon Bell. I think he will be worth the 9,400. I think two and a half is reasonable expectation from him, somewhere over 20 plus because I imagine they'll lean heavily. It's on the turf. That's a good matchup for Le'Veon Bell. It's going to cost you. But I think it's okay. Now, Ezekiel Elliott coming off a great game. You're going to go down to the well again for Zeke? Um, I, do, I do like Zeke a fair bit. But uh, my first run through, um, making the lineup, I, I went Bell instead. And then mm-hmm. I, I got um, another high-priced running back afterward. I think, um, and I'll get your thoughts on this in a second. But I, I do like the idea of going expensive at running back and cheaper at receiver this week. Um, and, but I guess my, my one thing that I've been kind of stewing over with with Bell is that he is 9,400 and Detroit statistically uh, has been pretty good on defense this year. It's um, top 10 against the run and the pass uh, and it's number three against running backs uh, out of the backfield like in the passing game. Uh, But the counterpoint to that is He's Le'Veon Bell. Like it, it just some things like that just don't matter when when the player's that good. And I think Bell sort of fits that bill. Um, so ninety four hundred, you are going to get you are going to have to get a little bit creative with the rest of your lineup. But um, I'm with you there as far as uh, you know him or Zeke. I, I probably go the Le'Veon route. Well, I'll tell you why. All things being considered, there. I think you really got to talk about LaShawn McCoy as well because, you know, we talked last week about who's going to get in the end zone and we'll get to the answers in the bonus question pretty soon. But, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell, I mean, excuse me, uh, LaShawn McCoy is another guy, 8,400, $1,000 less than Lev Bell. And to me, I think that's another no-brainer against Oakland. If you're expecting a good game out of Taylor, a lot of that's going to be on the shoulders of McCoy, not just rushing the ball, but also catching the ball in the backfield. So I actually think he is the best of all the top running backs. Again, I thought it last week. I think it again for pricing. Uh, Mark Ingram at 72 is finally back to being Mark Ingram in that mid-range 7K running back who's going to be a boring 14-point ho-hum awesome. Give it to me all the time. I want it. That's what I want. Now, Kamara will be popular too, especially in the full point PPR sites, but 6,400 as opposed to the very top at 72. How do you feel about these two breaking them down? Do you lean Kamara because of the price or you lean Ingram because of the touches? Um, in, the, in this case, I probably just go with Ingram you know, for the volume because I think that this is a game that's going to be uh, relatively close. And, and with that, I, I'd imagine that um, the, the, the 
uh, split as far as the, the carries and the snaps is going to go he- you know more heavily than we've seen in recent weeks in Ingram's favor. Like you said, it's not the it's not the sexy play here. It's not the the rookie that that's uh, ripping off like huge chunks of yardage every time. But Ingram has been really solid uh, throughout the year when given the chance. And now that obviously AP is gone, I think things have uh, you know kind of opened up for him. So I do like Ingram a fair bit. Um, Got to do my weekly Jordan Howard. Uh, spiel. I like him a fair bit at 6,900. Uh, back-to-back weeks, over 20 carries. Um, the, if the Bears want to go, you know, uh, Operation Tebow slash Chris Winkie again uh, with, with Trubisky and have him throw it five times, and you know, someone's got to get the ball, and it's going to be Jordan Howard. And New Orleans' secondary is really good, but they're really bad against the run. They're 29th in DVOA against the run, so that's a lot of opportunities against a bad uh, run defense on a fast track. So I do like Jordan Howard too. All right, let's talk about some of the uh, cheaper running backs. Let's start with Bilal Powell at 6,100. Now, I know him at Forte is still in a split, but here's the thing. Every time we get the Falcons, what do we always say? They can't stop running backs who catch the ball out of the backfield. What does Bilal Powell do? He catches the ball out of the backfield. So that's a guy that in a tournament lineup I can make a case for this week, especially in a full-point PPR. I think you can really make a case for Bilal Powell. The other guy for me is Chris Thompson, who is – I can't believe that he's only 6K. Like, there's something about that where you look at the volume, whether it be – look, he's getting seven carries somewhere around there average a week the last couple of weeks, and he's catching you know, somewhere around five balls. But it's what he's doing. It's, it's his ability to get in the end zone. It's all of those things where that's another one for 6K. I don't see how that's not a, a useful dart throw. Yeah, I, I agree with you in that they, they're um... – you know, they're not afraid to use him in the passing game also like towards the goal line. Like I think his didn't he catch a touchdown against the Eagles last week where they yep. just kind of found him in the left flat. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that the I noticed that the Panthers did that too with McCaffrey against the Eagles. So maybe that's something to look for. Um it, you know, if you if you want to get crazy and go like a Carlos Hyde again, do like Carlos Hyde still, but uh, not as much against the Eagles. But yeah, uh, Chris Thompson definitely the uh, Redskins running back to to get after this week and at six thousand. Uh, yeah, no, he I'm with you there. He totally makes sense. I'm staying away from all the Oakland guys because they give Thank me a you. headache. Yeah, I wanted you to bring that up. Whatever guy you pick is going to be wrong. I can tell you right yep. now. Like that's that's the way I feel about it, and that's something I don't want a part of. Let's talk about Mixon for a second because here's another guy yeah. that's going to be popular because he's 5,900. Last week started out good, then all of a sudden they just went away from him. Now you want to talk game script, okay, whatever. Maybe the game got away from him. But I can't – even now I have a hard time. Like this is a really tough thing. I want to go to Mixon well because of the matchup, but I have a hard time believing that he can get me 12 points You know, when all of a sudden done. And that's what he's going to need to do. What about you? What do you think about mixing this week? Do you think that he can get to that at least two times value level? Um, I I, th- I think that he can. Like as a player, I think that he can. But it, it's really uh, team context, and you know, th- this is one of those situations where you know we, we were talking about what our expectations are for this game, and it's that the the Bengals should you know build a pretty comfortable lead here. And then with that, you'd imagine that they're running the ball a fair bit and mixing obviously their best, their best pure runner. Um, but it seems like maybe that's going to get turned on its head. And maybe Indianapolis plays a little bit pluckier uh, than, than people are expecting this week. So I could see where um, this is another frustrating day for Mixon. who, you know, he only saw 22 snaps uh, all of last week. I think he probably got the ball like seven times or something like that. Uh, and he chirped about that. After the game, I, I I don't know how the coaching staff is going to respond to that. Um, I'm just like 
I think that Mixon's really good. It's just that the Bengals are just a train wreck right now. And the only guy that I really feel uh, comfortable using for DFS purposes is usually AJ Green because even with trash around him, he can still produce. But uh, I, I'm just not going to go to the Mixon well this week probably. All right, Patriots running backs. Everyone knows I'm the Deion Lewis whisperer, but I'm telling you right now, I, I'm fading off Lewis this week. I'm telling you, no Deion Lewis this week. I think it's a James White week. Just mark it Ooh. down. Do with okay. that as you will. We'll see if I'm right again. We'll see if I – that would be four times in a row with Patriots running backs. I'd be right, which might make my head explode or get me a job with the Patriots potentially. I don't know. <laughs> One of the yeah, two they'll like hire you to like hush you up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, will you stop talking about me for God's sakes? <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna be Bill Belichick for Halloween actually this year. I'm gonna have the hood and I got like a, I'm gonna wear my headset and just walk around and just glare at people when right, I open the yeah, door. Yeah, give it, give us the Belichick mom. We'll give us a preview. <laughs> yeah, we're on to the next house. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna open the door. I'm gonna say trick or treat. And they give me candy. I'm gonna say we're on to the next house. <laughs> that is so good. You like That's that? Perfect. Oh, this candy, this candy sucks. Your house is. <laughs> We're never coming back here. No. We're we're on we're on we're on across the street. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about the wide receivers there. Uh, Antonio Brown, ninety two hundred, always a good play. Last week we wanted a little bit more out of him. He could have had a little bit more. Ben Roethlisberger realized he's open on every freaking play, and he is. And until someone guards him, you just throw the ball at him every single time. I don't know why he doesn't have twelve catches every single game because of watching that game, John. And literally by the goal line, I know exact. I know exactly what route he's going to run. I know he's going to be wide open, and Roethlisberger decides to turn around and throw it to somebody else who I've never heard of, and, and it's incomplete. And I'm looking, I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man, because we had a lot of Brown <laughs> last week, and he should have had yes. at least another six to ten points. Uh, just brutal. And anyway, Julio Jones finally got on the touchdown board, which we both got right, but again, we'll save those results for later. A.J. Green, here's your chalky chalk chalk, 8,500. Um, will you put Green in lineups even without Andy Dalton? Uh, yes. Uh, but okay. My first run, run through of this lineup, uh, like I was saying, um, I actually paired Tyrod and LaShawn McCoy. Uh, so you're getting all the Bills production, presumably, um, you know, from that offense going against a bad defense. And I still was able to get Bell and A.J. Green in there. I got to get creative the rest of the way. But um, yeah, I definitely am trying to find ways to get A.J. Green. And, uh, you know, I don't I think that going the A.J. Green and Andy Dalton route takes it, you know, kind of takes away from uh, your lineup's potential, whereas just using A.J. Green uh, as a one-off I think is a fine, fine move. All right, looks like Norman's going to be playing this week so far. That seems to be all the buzz. So, Des Bryant, you're dead to us. Uh, Mike Evans at 8,200. Now, here's a game we really didn't talk about too much. Carolina-Tampa Bay is a really tough one to gauge from a personnel standpoint. I think, but if you ask me what's the surprise high total of the week, I think it's this one because Carolina is inconsistent and because Tampa has had trouble on defense and Winston's has been throwing the ball all over the place. So if you're asking me like, what's the surprise fun fantasy game in terms of points, I could see this being like a 31 30 kind of a contest uh, between these two teams. And I want Mike Evans because I think Mike Evans is matchup proof. He is always going to be a little cheaper than everybody else. And even though Hopkins is $200 cheaper I'm going to take the easier matchup for Evans over Hopkins in terms of secondary. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And he doesn't see quite um, the, like the target volume that, that Hopkins does, but I think the matchup's a lot easier and it's the difference in targets isn't all that great. So he's still going to get a ton of opportunities and he's also just a six, five human that can get way up off the ground. So, I mean, if Winston just throws it in his vicinity, he's got it. 
Um, so yeah, that's an interesting point. I, I really hadn't thought of, of this Carolina Tampa Bay game from that perspective. And I, I like going against that Tampa Bay defense cause I think it's pretty bad. Um, but it, it's been hard for me to, to like figure out which, uh, way to attack it with, with Carolina. And I know McCaffrey at, you know, generally the, you know, PPR is the way to go. He leads the team with like 60 targets. He's like eighth in the NFL, uh, in targets, but it's still, uh, I'd rather have someone else from that offense uh, producing uh, than McCaffrey. So I'm trying to figure out who, which way to go uh, with that for Carolina. Yeah, I, I'm going to stay away from it. I don't like any of it. Uh, looking at uh, Brandon Cooks, Keenan Allen, Doug Baldwin, it's the next three on our list in terms of price. Baldwin I do like because it's the second half, and it's funny. Usually in baseball we can point to halves of seasons and guys who play better in the second half and the first half and vice versa. Baldwin's one of the rare football players that all of a sudden, I don't know what it is, man, but once you turn the page into like mid to late October, all of a sudden he just catches fire and yep. he's been quiet so far. And this is just another year. I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but the 12 targets last week, the nine catches, he's at home. I think for me, this is a lock at 77. I don't know. It's going to be hard for me not to have a Doug Baldwin in every lineup. I mean, uh, that, that definitely makes sense. It's just like that's a tier of receiver that, like, if if you're going the route that I am with with the with the super pricey um, you know, first four players, um, that that you probably can't can't swing it. So uh, I do like Baldwin the best of that of that trio for sure. Um, but I'm probably just uh, either going up for Green or or way way down the board. All right, let's continue to go down this board here. You got Cooper and Crabtree both at 7,200, both in it tricky matchup here against Buffalo. If I had to pick one, I'm still picking Crabtree just because yep. he's consistent. Uh, I wouldn't even bother with Cooper for, you know, I think some people are going to chase that big week now. We'll see if they're right. I'm not going to chase it. Uh, same no. with T.Y. Hilton. I'm not chasing any big weeks out of him. Benjamin's been injured. This is a tricky week with wide receiver. So I think if you continue to go down this board a little bit further, I think you can make a case for Deshaun Jackson at 61. I think you can make a huge case for Nelson Aguilar at 6K and that's one of the first guys I want to talk about the pairing of Wentz. Obviously, Ertz will be the obvious one. Uh, but on the other end here with Aguilar, he's another one. I mean, he's getting five, seven targets a game in the last three games, somewhere in that he's catching balls. He's caught a touchdown all three games. I find it hard to believe that he can't be productive in this one against the 49ers. Uh, even if he doesn't get the touchdown, I still think there's a good chance that he could even go at two times value anyway. Yeah, I, I think the only issue with Aguilar this week is is the ownership percentage because um, he's yeah he's really kind of blossoming into into a really good receiver. I think it's easy to forget that he's uh, only twenty four, so he's I think he's like two months older than Cooper Cup. So like it, it's taken him some time to to really round into form. But you got to realize that you know he came in the league you know just a little bit older than what Juju Smith-Schuster is right now. Um, so he's really kind of coming into his own. It's been awesome to watch. And I think that at 6,000, he's definitely one of those like building blocks for my lineup and able, uh, that really kind of allows you to, to really, really load up uh, at other positions. So Aguilar is definitely my favorite mid-tier option here. Ted Ginn, another guy coming off two good weeks, but I don't know, man. I, I have a hard time kind of chasing him. You can make Same. a case for some of the Jets receivers too, like Curse, like Robbie Anderson, if you want to go cheap because of – the ownership will be extremely low, but I think if you're looking for a lineup building wide receiver, a guy like Curse has been incredibly consistent in terms of you know target volume and things like that. So I think that's something that you can you can hang your hat on at least. And you continue to go down this. We'll see if Willie Seed actually plays this week. That's a huge dart throw, even at 54. 
Yeah, um, I was going to, I was, I wanted to get your thoughts on him yeah. as, you know, like, do we dust him off? Like, I think he's going to be completely forgotten about. So if like, if he does anything, you're going to be separating yourself from the pack. Like, seriously, I don't, I don't think he'd be more than three, more than 3% owned. Um, and you know, he only saw like three, he has like three targets on the year or something like that. Um, so really kind of, uh, it wouldn't know, shock invisible me, John. thus far. John, I'll tell you, it would not shock me one bit. My trouble is I wonder, can he do it with the amount of snaps he's going to get? Like, I don't. I mean, he's a full participant in practice this week, so that's a positive. I just don't know if we get to a point with him where we go, okay, he's the, um, you know, he he could do enough for us. I mean, it's cheap enough that if I was doing multiple entries, yeah, there would be a lineup where I pay up all the way at running back for two huge guys there, like McCoy and Bell, and give me him as one of my receivers and hope for the best with a, a big time quarterback. But it's it's a hard sell. It's a hard sell for me right now, especially in single entry tournaments. Which, by the way, for most of you listening out there. That's still where you should be living. You should be living yeah, in the single run. entry. I love single entry. That's, That's the way to go. You need to do. It's a level playing field. No, stay away from these mega entries. Well, it's only seven bucks. I could win a million dollars. Well, you can potentially if you want to throw a lineup in there. That's okay. But you have to realize if you're trying to really build bankroll and you want to play tournaments, you got to stick with the single entries. You know, better to do a couple yeah, of those. Otherwise, you're just going to be like going against the guys in the bunker making a thousand lineups. Right. Exactly. Now, Deontay Thompson is a dart throw at 4,900, even cheaper than Snead that I can make a case for. I understand it was a small sample size. He was four for four in targets though. And that's a small sample size that, you know, makes my eyes pop out and I go, okay. Uh, I'm sure it makes Mitchell Trubisky's eyes pop out for a different reason going, Hey, I can use someone to throw the ball. (laughs) Yeah. Where were you? Uh, But there's a spot there with Taylor and we've seen Taylor in the past be successful at walk-ins with deep balls. And if Thompson's Mm -hmm. that kind of guy, then he just needs that one to do it. I'm kind of of the opposite mind of you. I think you can get away with some of the cheaper running backs this week. I think you can get away with an Ingram and Thompson kind of grouping and pay mm-hmm. up for Evans and Baldwin and those kind of guys. Or you can split the difference. You know, you could go one big running back, you know, and one small and then a couple mid-range wide receivers. There's lots of ways, I think, this week. It's a tricky one because of all the buys and the way that the schedule is all laid out. But, you know – you should definitely need somebody from that Mike Evans and up core. I think that would be wise for sure. Let's go over to tight end and let's talk about these guys here. Rob Gronkowski, 8,400. We said it last week on the podcast. If you Gronk and he does not smash, he will smash your lineup and that's a problem. And last week he did not smash. We said, stay away from Gronk. We gave you the other guys worth owning at tight end. They were all pretty darn good. Graham was good. Um, You know, Ingram was good. All those guys were exactly what we thought they would be. And Gronk wasn't. Gronk was just six points. I am of the mind that Gronk does get back. He does return value this week. This is a good matchup for him. I don't think they have anybody on this team who can guard him in San Diego. Uh, San Diego. Los Angeles, excuse me. Old habits die hard. They know. I mean, they, <laughs> nobody in Los Angeles even knows that they're there. Why should I know? Uh, what about you and Gronk? What are your feelings on him at 8,400 this week? Uh, um. I guess, yeah, his price isn't – like, that's not a terrible price for Gronk. Um, it's still just something that, that definitely changes how you uh, formulate the rest of your lineup. Um, so I, I tend to go a little bit cheaper at, at tight end. It, it's sort of like the, like the catcher uh, uh, for baseball – for the baseball comparison. Like, you know, do you just kind of punt it or do you go up for, like, a Gary Sanchez? And, like, that's where Gronkowski kind of sits – um, it, you know, it's just so, your lineup looks so different using him. Um, so I'm probably off of him, but you know, it, you're probably going to be fine if you use him. You just got to get creative elsewhere. 
Well, that's the thing. And then you got Ertz, who's a you know eleven hundred dollars less, who's putting up double digits every single week, who's uh, has a great matchup. That's the most problem. targets of any tight end in the league by five. So fifty eight. Yeah. And if you have a Wentz lineup, I think it's impossible not to have Wentz and Ertz together. I think you're just hurting yourself. It's my favorite of all the law firms, Wentz and Ertz. You put those guys together. They do a great job. And look, they're both, for the matchup they have at home against San Francisco, I'm shocked at how cheap they are. I thought both these guys would be way more expensive. I don't understand why they're not, but I'm going to take advantage of it. That's for damn sure. Jimmy yeah, Graham. Maybe they just set the price like last Sunday instead, you know, because, uh, and they just blew up on, on Monday. So that, that's the only reason I yeah, could think it's just they, they weren't able to account for it. Yeah, San I agree Fran with you, man. San Fran is so bad. Oh, so bad. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's an awful football team. All right, Jimmy Graham, 6,400. I think it's fine, but I keep going back to the same thing. I'd rather pay up for the floor of Zach Ertz. Uh, Jenkins, I'm staying away from. Reed, I'm staying away from. Everybody's going to like Reed again. Because he had a, you know, a decent I like Reed again. But aren't you afraid of that one hit or whatever happens? The next thing you know, he's out in the first quarter and doesn't come back, and it kills your team. Sure, but um, you, you know, you know, if you want, if you want to get risky, if this is a, if this is a tournament uh, type of situation, I still think that Dallas's defense stinks, and it's just like <laughs> uh, they last do. week. That, yeah, last week they're just going against an offense that that was like, I see your stink, and I raise you two more stinks. Like they're, they're just, <laughs> like San Francisco's just really, really bad. But um, Dallas just awful against uh, you know pr- pretty much any way you slice it, and going against uh, opposing tight ends, you know that it's really no different. Uh, that they tend to struggle a lot. So uh, if Reed does stay healthy for that whole game, and I know that's always like the big if, but I'm betting that he will. Uh, and if if that's the case, you know, he's going against a team that ranks 31st against covering tight ends, according to DVOA. So I like Reed a little bit this week. Yeah, look, I think in a tournament you can make the case because people like me will still be scared of him. And if you want some differential in the lineup and you want to get away from Ertz and pay up somewhere else, okay. I mean, he's a risk that's worth taking. It's so much of a risk for me because lately everything Jordan Reed, when, I mean, even in those good games, there's those moments where he comes off the field and I go, oh, God. And that's the thing. I mean, if he comes off the field <laughs> yeah. and doesn't come back on, that's – it's 6,100. It's not a huge killer depending on what he's done or hasn't done, but it could potentially be a breaker. And that's uh, – I want to avoid those. So don't get fancy with him in cash games, please, for the love of God. Don't do it. Uh, Cameron Brait, though, at 58, if you do want to save. That's a guy I feel better about. People will talk about the O.J. Howard thing and all that stuff. That's a one-off, man. You can't worry about that on a weekly basis. Cameron Bray. Yeah, one of those was a totally broken play. Totally broken play. Totally broken play. And you look, good for O.J. Howard. But Cameron Bray, 5,800, you want to talk about every week getting – look, here, here you go. Ready? Last four weeks. Six targets, nine targets, eight targets, nine targets. Okay? He's got three touchdowns in his last four games. It's fantastic. And he would have had more points, but he had a fumble last week. But the matchup is sound for him again against Carolina. So, you know, I know Carolina's played pretty well defensively. But he is a big part of this offense. And I, I, to me, he's the fade at tight end this week if you want to get away from Ertz. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I think that, or I think that that's, a, that's an interesting uh, pivot. Um, I tend to go a little bit further um, down to like a, like a Hunter Henry, but I, I always like Hunter he's a Henry. Good one too. So. Yeah, I mean, 5,500 going against uh, New England. He sees a pretty a decent volume, but I think you, you do bring up good points on Brait where like he's been giving you the consistent, um, whereas O.J. Howard, 
Um, it, it is going to be sort of like shiny new toy uh, points chasing after after last week. And, you know, don't get me wrong, like O.J. Howard, supremely talented, just like a ridiculous tight end prospect. Um, but it's, it is going to take some time for him to start stringing uh, those kinds of big outings together. I think he'll get there eventually in his career. But uh, for now, Braid's still the guy. And I think that, um, you know, we're going to see the Lemmings kind of like peel off some of the Braid uh, ownership percentage because they're they're chasing after Howard. So I think that that sort of makes Brait all the more of a savvy play this week. I agree. And, and you know, going back to the Hunter Henry thing too, at 5,500 with Hightower not around that linebacking core, I think that's a big opportunity over the middle for him. So yep. it would not surprise me for Hunter Henry to have a, a decent game. You can either throw in a touchdown there as well. Stay away from the Hoopers of the world, for the love of God. Stay away from O.J. Howard. Don't be a sap. You don't want to do that. All right, let's go over here. Over two and a half million players have won cash prizes playing on Fandle. Did you know that, John? Uh, I believe so. All right. I I, I crunched the numbers. There you go. Now to take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash Rotowire, and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million in cash prizes. With your first deposit on FanDuel, just visit FanDuel.com slash Rotowire, void where prohibited. Now, we don't usually talk about kickers, but uh, how about some of those kicker performances last week? I mean, because <laughs> if you had Boswell, if you had uh, – oh, my God, what's his name in Minnesota? It just went out of my head. Oh, jeez. And I, I was watching that game too. I, for, I forget. Kai Forbath? Yeah. Forbath. Kai Forbath. Yes. Kai Forbath. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> when, when kickers are putting up 20-plus, that's when you just want to throw your hands up and go, up. Oh, all right. <laughs> what are you going <laughs> to do? Um, but look, this week, we don't usually talk about kickers, but I'm just going to say lots of New Orleans. Uh, if you want to do Jake Elliott, just look for the high point totals. Try to look for decent weather. Don't overthink it. Uh, that's where you want to stick. And, and you know, if you want if you have extra bucks, pay up for that because that, that can be the difference maker. Uh, over mm-hmm. on the defensive side here, Philadelphia Eagles, obviously top of the board at 5,400. You got Seattle, a surprising 51. I know they're at home. And I think that's a surprising one. Then you got the Bengals. Yeah, I'm, I'm staying away from that. That's I'm staying away from Evans. I'm staying away from them as well. Bengals at 48. I'm kind of staying away from also the Saints at 48. I want to talk about because this Saints defense has played better of late. And considering Trubisky's limitations, or at least the way they limit him, I know last week wasn't the best outing for them against uh, Green Bay. But before that, 33, 16, 14, double digits all three weeks. What are your thoughts on them against? this uh, underwhelming bears attack. Right. It's just like the, the way that the bears are going right now where they're so run heavy, I think that it, it sort of plays to uh, the bears advantage. Like I was saying earlier, the, the, if there's one knock on the saints defense this year, it is their, their ability to stop the run. And it, you know, if, if the bears throw it 10 or less times again, um, then I think that takes some of the venom out of the Saints uh, defense because, you know, like when the, we've seen it, you know, in years past when the Saints defense is good, it's turning, you know, turning the opposition over a lot. I just don't think that the Bears are going to put Trubisky in a, in a spot where uh, he's going to be making any sort of risky throws. Um, so I, I, I do like the Saints. I think that they're going to hold Chicago to a low point total, but I don't like the turnover upside as much this week because I think uh, the, the Bears game plan is that conservative. Here's a uh, fun factoid. You ready for this? Only three teams in modern-day NFL history have won a game with the quarterback completing just four passes. It was Chris Wenke, it was Tim Tebow, and it was Mitchell Trubisky. What's the common thread in all three of those teams, John? 
uh, I, I'm cheating because I, I think I might have seen this tweet you saw uh, earlier this week, but, yeah, it, yeah. but it's Riverboat John Fox. That's right. The gambler. <laughs> uh, guns are blazing. You know, you know, the run and shoot. He's the run and poop. He's just, you know, he <laughs> yeah. does nothing. He just, he cannot. I mean, whatever the opposite of Air Coriel, whatever the opposite is any great, you know, he's the worst show on, on natural grass. On I don't know what you want to call it. It's just just terrible uh but god bless mitchell trubisky I, you know if you're gonna give up that much in a draft for a quarterback just let him play what's the worst that could happen he becomes deshaun kaiser i mean really i mean stop babying the he's guy. looked pretty good when he throws it so like it's well, not like it you but know. if you're worried about the fact that he doesn't that he has a stiff front leg or mechanically he's not sound but he's better on the run here's an idea why don't you design some rollout plays where he's throwing on the run shocking right i mean giving away too many too many insider secrets here that i think i need to send you a sense uh, of silence i'm gonna get in big trouble oh wait i got i got an email here uh it's from roger goodell yep here it is uh please don't talk about this kind of stuff on the podcast bill and blow up in 30 yeah bill belichick and john fox and oh oh, here we go i'm suspended for at least six podcasts there it is But don't worry, I'm going to appeal it, everybody. So I'll be here for the rest of the year, no matter what. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about some of the defenses that might surprise you. Who are some of the cheap Ds that you like this week, if any? I mean, I'm kind of having a hard time living down here on defense. Well, how about you? Is it the Jets at 43? Are they the sneaky one? I think they are, actually. I'm I'm glad that you brought them up. Um, When I was making this first lineup, I was pinched against the cap, 4,300. Um, against an Atlanta team that's not rolling right now. It's going to be on the road. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. Um, if you're totally screwed, um, the Chargers defense is playing pretty well. So maybe, maybe, like, but I, I still would try at all costs to avoid using them against the Patriots. But I think that they're going to give you some sack totals um, that to kind of bo- uh, boost their overall bottom line. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not going to try to overthink uh, my defense this week. I'm going to go a little bit safer. I think like a, like a Buffalo at 4,600 or something like that would, would be the move. All right. Uh, I, I think uh, Pittsburgh at 44 is in play as well. Uh, Stafford sometimes is too aggressive. He will make mistakes at times. This is going to be a game where the big pink spur has to really lean on the defense a little bit here against Detroit. Uh, and this might be one of those wacky low scoring ones too. If, if you told me this game was a 16, 13 kind of con- that wouldn't shock me at all. You know, just Roethlisberger mm-hmm. on the road stinks, you know, two defenses that are maybe better than people give him credit for. It's just kind of one of those ugly games like this could be the ugly game also you know on this we didn't talk about it because it's obviously not in the slate because it's in london but you got the vikings and browns going as well so if you you know just curious and any any chance that the browns sneak with a with a win here and and i asked this because the defense is good i've been saying it since we started week one i said the browns defense Mm -hmm. is much better than advertised and once i get garrett back it's gonna be even better wouldn't it be ironic, John, don't you think, if the Browns got their first W and they're technically the home team, but they're in London this week? That would be awesome. I could, I could definitely see it happening, too. I mean, uh, you know, the, the Vikings have been solid, but I think, you know, those London games can kind of go off the rails a little bit, and maybe that plays to the Browns' favor. And, you know, if they can kind of drag them into the mud, uh, force Keenum to throw it, um, I, I think that the, the Browns would have a puncher's chance in this one. So that would be funny to have their first one of the season, you know, in a game that, you know, maybe a million people watch total. 
<laughs> oh, I mean, I could just see all the Browns fans just all collectively just throwing things at their television set. Just like, come on. Like, what? I bought these seats. Like, could you imagine the season ticket holders for Cleveland? Like, they, the one win they get all year, there it is. <laughs> the one win they get all year, they're, they're going to end up, you know, it's going to be in London and that's it. And, it's, and they're technically, quote unquote, the home team. You got to love that. That's just hilarious. Uh, that's just money right there. Uh, all right, let's talk. Uh, about the bonus. So last week it was uh, guys who were going to get in the end zone. We both said Julio Jones, so we are both right. So uh, push there. No points really awarded because, yeah, whatever. Or I could give us both a point if you feel better. Do you just like bigger point totals? I, I would feel better. All right, so let's go give a bigger point total. So that's uh, one more for John. So he is up to three on the year. Uh, one more for me, that's four. Uh, Pierre Garçon did not get in the end zone. I was right. John was wrong. So that's another point. I was for extremely me. wrong. You're extremely wrong. That's five. And then LaShawn McCoy, uh, John said he would not. Uh, he did twice, uh, which I said actually he would. Uh, so I got That's two that points. one right too. So no, I'm not taking the extra point. I just said in the end zone, didn't say how many times. So here we are. Six, three, and one is the new score. And uh, we are going to go ahead and we're going to do another one. We're going to have a little fun here. Mitchell Trubisky passes completed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Trubisky passes completed or Brown's points scored in this contest Ooh. in London. Which way you going, Johnny McKechnie? Give me the Browns. Give me the, the Browns. Browns, nice. The Browns. All right. Let's go. All right, you know what? I was gonna go with the Browns, but now just just to, for fun, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go uh, the other way. I'll, I'll go passes completed for Trubisky. Why not? Have All some right. fun. You know, <laughs> I mean, I got a lead to play around with. It's 2017. Every good logic seems to go out the window, no matter what we True. do. So there you go. There's the bonus question this week. Um, you know, this podcast is. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed doing it because uh, it, it's it's been a good time. We're officially halfway through the NFL regular season, but we're going to be here for a long time, uh, basically because they can't get rid of us. And as I said, just because they're trying to suspend me, I'm going to fight it all over the place, every legal place I can. I got Jerry Jones fighting for me. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, you got you got the Ertz and, uh, and Wentz law I got firm Ertz and Wentz, you. right. I got Ertz and Wentz. What could possibly go wrong? All right, exactly. you can follow him on Twitter at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at JoePizzaPS17. Or everybody here at Rotowire, have a great weekend of Daily Fantasy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.